Hello everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. So, I know that I've not like sent um, no new episodes like last week and then yesterday, so this is going to be like an extra episode. It's going to be extra long. So, today I'm not like usual. I'm not going to be reading my own story, but I got a new book of the say, yeah, I got a new book of the Hardy Boys. And it's book 17, The Secret Warning. So, let's get on with it now, shall we? Okay, so, there's like another short type of thing which describes what the story is about. So, I'm not going to read that. Strange events involve Frank and Joe Hardy in a mystery which shrouds an ancient treasure, the golden head of the pharaoh Ramatan IV. First, a cryptic, unsigned warning from Egypt. Second, the ghost of a bloodthirsty pirate of the 18th century, who, according to legend, haunted nearby Whalebone Island years ago and recently has reappeared. The owner of the million-dollar golden pharaoh's head claims was aboard the freighter Katawa, which sank not far from Whalebone Island. But suspicious developments in, indicate that Mehmet Zufar may be trying to defraud the shipping lines in the insurance company. Frank and Joe enthusiastically accept the challenge of their famous detective father to assist him in investigating the complex case for transmarine underwriters. A puzzling clue leads the Hardys to Whalebone Island, where they almost lose their lives in a violent explosion. Someone desperately wants to get rid of them, but who? Is the ghostly pirate? Frank and Joe's perilous scuba driving search in the ocean depths of the island yields electrifying discoveries that cap the climax of this exciting mystery. Okay, guys, I have to admit, that was kind of spooky. So, let's get on to chapter 1. It says, Chapter 1, A Ghost Walks. A loud ring of the doorbell startled the Hardy Boys as they sat watching TV mystery, watching a mystery show. They tuned down the volume. Who could be at this time of the night? The blonde, 17-year-old youth wondered aloud. Maybe a client of dad's can be mom and and Gertrude. They have a key. Frank, dark-haired and a year older than his brother, got up and strode to the door. Telegraph messenger was standing on the front porch. Cablegram for Fenton Hardy, said the man. Frank signed for the message and took it back to the living room. For Dad, he reported, coming from overseas, this may be urgent. We'd better open it. Frank slit the yellow envelope and read the contents. Good grief, he exclaimed. Beware of the pharaoh's head. Doomed to all who seek it. The pharaoh's head? What does that mean? Served me. Well, who sent it? I don't know that either. Frank said, perplexed. There's no name on the message, but it came from Cairo, Egypt. Joe took the cablegram, studied it intently, and then hurried out to the hallway telephone and called the local telegraph office. When he hung up, he frowned in puzzlement. Frank, coming from the hall, into the hall, queried, What did they say? 
The message was received just that way, unsigned. Apparently, there's no rule requiring a sender to include his name. Think we better contact Dad right away, Flank decided. Fenton Hardy, a for- formerly a detective in the New York City Police Department, had retired to the seaside town of Bayport and soon had become nationally known as a crack private investigator. Two of his sons, Frank and Joe, who inherited their father's sleuthing talents, often helped out on his cases. The boys hurried upstairs to switch on the powerful shortwave radios in the detective study. Mr. Hardy always carried a compact transceiver in order to be able to communicate with his home in case of emergency. Cases of emergency. Frank beamed at the usual code call repeatedly, but the only response was a jumble of static. He must be away from his hotel or wherever he's staying. Could be. Frank, wait. Frank glanced out of the window as a flash of white lightning but an extra loud crackle from the speaker. Or maybe we're not getting through. The storm, that storm brewing outside, outside may be interfering with our transmission. After a few more minutes, the boys gave up for the time being and went back downstairs. A loud clap of thunder sounded as they reached as they reached back downstairs. A loud clap of thunder sounded as they reached the living room. Boy, it looks as if we're in for a real cloudburst, Frank remarked anxiously. I sure hope Mom and Andrew crew don't get caught in it. He was about to resume his seat in front of the television when he heard Joe gasp. Thought I saw something at the window. Frank stared quizzically at his brother. You mean a person or what? I don't know. It was just a fleeting impression. Might have been, may have been my imagination. Is the prowler alarm on? Not yet. Mom said to leave it off till they got home. Frank ended with a grin. You know I'm going through. She had really pinned her ears back. The alarm system went off just as they were coming up to the house. Joe chuckled as he, as he imagined his tall, peppery aunt's reaction to being caught in a blaze of floodlights accompanied by a shattering alarm signal. Think I'll take a look outside anyhow, warned her to make sure. Joe was starting into the hallway, then he heard a doorbell rang, ring. Now what? He muttered as he switched on the porch light. He yanked open the front door. A man stood clutching a cane. He wore a felt hat and a navy officer's raincoat. Captain Early, welcome aboard, sir. Okay, so guys, like, um, that's not the end of the chapter, but it's been, like, kind of long, and I think that's your bonus episode. And I'm very sorry for not, like, being to send the last three episodes when it was supposed to, but at least I've done this, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Bye.